Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is Venom Rewind. I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda. Hey! The wild, yet elusive Jekka. The rambunctious Bob. Hey, hey, hey. And Burn Brady Burn. Check this back. Oh, third time is the charm. Boy, you guys should have seen what we were going through to get this podcast <laughs> up and running. Quite entertaining, I must say. But we're going to be obviously talking Venom. To prepare us for Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which is coming out in roughly a month finally, but we're going to be talking a whole lot more to include the first trailer for The Matrix Resurrections and Hawkeye have been released. Marvel Studios has also announced their release schedule for a number of untitled MCU films, a 31-disc Middle Earth Collector Set is coming out to celebrate the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings, and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 Nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning some Nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Um, I moved into my place. Yay! And and good stable internet now. <laughs> yes, good stable internet. It's very nice. I are you can relying, watch things. Are you, are you sharing it with anybody now? <laughs> yeah, so I have three roommates, um, but they're great. So it's been great. Like, I've been here for a full week already, and yeah, I'm really liking it. I'm like, I'm five minutes away from the beach, but I have not had a chance to go yet because oh. I've been school and unpacking, so I'm hoping so, this week to go check it out. But so yeah. now we know we're, we're vacationing, and just like, we'll bring yeah. our air mattresses and stay at your... <laughs> I, yeah, those, yeah those, those California beaches are like the perfect place to do some uh, homework and studying. Exactly. I can imagine. Um, especially when you're in the northern part of California where it's actually like <laughs> cool, chilly be- beaches. So it's more like just sitting there enjoying the sound of the waves than getting in the waves. <laughs> it well, it's different. the sound of the waves with a giant bonfire on the beach. Exactly. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. There's a movie in there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that how uh, like half of the 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 other half of horror movies start that aren't that that aren't <laughs> in a forest? Reflects, yeah. but, but it, it, it has to be with like high schoolers. High schoolers on the beach. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Yeah, not ma- not master students. Uh, so yeah. There we go. Well, we'll, 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 we'll be safe if we're on the beach. But we now know a new horror story. With a master student out at a bonfire on the beach. She goes go. out looking for salamanders and yeah. disappears. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alien salamanders ate her. Oh, yes. Lungless salamanders. Ah. Well, we're, we're glad that you're all set up in your new place. Mm-hmm. Me too. It's it's, awesome. Last week was 
crazy. Like, balance. I, I realized that, like, balancing school and unpacking, it's kind of stressful. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So. Especially when you move to a new state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you, my man? Oh, you know, same old, same old. We, uh, <clears throat> the boys and I this weekend, we've, I've, I've mentioned Hot Wheels before that the boys we're we're big fans of 3d bot maker on youtube and all the hot wheels die cast racing so we have tons of hot wheels like boxes of them some of them not even open and uh and um tons of track and then we've got these wide tracks and all these things so we started building a big um hot wheels track so we could have like a big tournament for all the hot wheels and it got to be 5 p.m on sunday and we were like okay Let's call it. We're going to clean all this up because we're running out of room. I mean, I've got got a few hundred feet of track. So what we're going to do is we're going to go this weekend, pending weather. uh, We're going to attach the track to the top of our six-foot fence in the back. And we're going to see how long of a track we can make in our backyard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, we're going to have a, a, a major, uh, hot wheels tournament this coming weekend. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I've done a lot of 3d printing. I've got some new curves printed out. I've got these magnetic oh. ends for like chloroplast, um, expansion tracks. They're held together oh, wow. with magnets that I put in there. And, uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a two wide. Um, so oh, once they yeah. leave the, so once they leave the single lanes, they can, they can pass and wreck oh, and run wow. into each other. Okay, so, when you, so we're going to need a video of this. I will absolutely video And we'll need this. to be able to share it with the, that with, sounds with the listeners. Awesome. I will do that. If you get an opportunity, um, I highly recommend listening to Super Nerd Podcast. But after you've done that, you should go to the 3D Bot Maker uh, YouTube channel and check out some of their tournaments. Their King of the Mountain tournaments are phenomenal. So it's really neat to uh, to watch that. And uh, and they treat it like a real race, right? So like they're doing the color commentary and the announcing and everything. And it's it's really fun to do. And uh, so, yeah, that's what, we're, that's what we plan on doing this coming week. Uh, but this past weekend, we, uh, we really put some work into it. And we're going to see if we can get it all come together next weekend. Nice. That, nice. Is, that is cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? Um, mine's not as cool as that. <laughs> so we upgraded our air hockey table so that um, our kids don't knock it over because it was like this tiny shaky thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much a pretty much a full size air hockey table now. It's a lot of fun. And so. We, we've had neighbor ki- neighborhood kids over. Austin was trying to start a neighborhood tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hockey. too too many kids were crying, though. So we had to <laughs> knock that off. Well, just like you've had laser nag. Let's see. What can we call their hockey? Oh, yeah. Our laser tag set. Yeah. Yeah. But it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, our air hockey table has been a big hit. We got this thing uh like, like I said, it's pretty much a full-size air hockey table, but we found it online for like 25 bucks. Somebody somebody just needed to move it out of their house in the and it's a it's a good full-size set. Nothing wrong with it. No no like massive cosmetic damage even. It, like it's, it just runs well. So we, we're playing a lot of air hockey and have a lot of fun. That's so, how heavy is that thing? Not not super heavy. Uh how heavy, like maybe maybe like 80 pounds. Okay. I, the reason I ask is because I'd thought about getting a foosball or a, I'd love to get a pool table, but 
we'd have to put it on the second floor. And I don't uh, really want to put a pool table on the second floor, but air hockey and foosball we could do. You, so. Usually foosball tables are a little heavier than air hockey tables. It all depends on the air hockey tables. I've seen some well, industrial well, air hockey this, tables. Well, this, this, this isn't something that you're going to find at like Chuck E. Cheese or something, but this yeah. is this is like a great full-size one for at home. I mean, the air hockey tables usually have to be a little light, so that way you can um, uh, have the air passing through the table. The, but the uh, the foosball tables, I mean, those things got some thick wood on it. So, yeah, we, we want to get one of those, too. We're just waiting to find the right one. So. And have space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a whole lot to talk about, so let's hit up that nerd news. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, the first trailer for The Matrix Resurrections has been released. That's right, the first trailer dropped for director uh, Lana Wachowski's The Matrix Resurrections. And for the most part, fans are loving what they're seeing. And while the trailer offers us some insights into the crazy story, Warner Brothers has also released an an official synopsis for the film, and it teases the mind-bending adventure that it's going to take us on. Quote, The Matrix Resurrection is a continuation of the story established in the first Matrix film. It reunites Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss as the cinematic icons, Neo and Trinity, in an expansion of their story that ventures back into the Matrix and even deeper down the rabbit hole. A mind-bending new adventure with action and epic scale It's set in a familiar yet even more provocative world where reality is more subjective than ever and all that's required to see the truth is to free your mind. So The Matrix Resurrections opens in theaters and on HBO Max December 22nd. Let's take a listen to the uh, trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Thomas? You seem particularly triggered right now. Can you tell me what happened? I've had dreams that weren't just dreams. Am I crazy? We don't use that word in here. Hi. Have we met? still here. I know it's why you're still fighting and why you will never give up. You don't know me. No?
after all these years to be going back to where it all started. Back to the Matrix. Ooh, yay. <laughs> like, that was way fun to watch. Oh, but yeah. I have to comment yeah. on the song they had going on in the background. Like, that was such a cool song. Yes. It, it was perfect for the main. Yeah, I, I looked oh, yeah. it up, and it's called The White Rabbit by, or it's called White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane. Like, I was like, I gotta look up what this is. But that was, that, like, made the trailer so good. I was oh, like, yeah. that was so fun. Because, uh, like, in the first movie, you know, it, like, that's kind of what got Neo to start investigating mm -hmm. find Morpheus was the whole white rabbit thing. Oh, yeah. And, and I loved it how they revisit, like, that, that, whole, that whole theme is, like, throughout that trailer. And, oh, yeah. And so I white was like, rabbit. yeah, like, way to go back to the roots to, like, that first film and go from there. Like, that was, mm, yeah, that was very nice to watch. <laughs> White Rabbit is such a great song, and that's that's really you know I told you guys I I had one thing I wanted to weigh in on that, and that song is just it's it's haunting, yeah, and yes. it's not it's not only haunting because of you know because because of the sound right because of the music and the lyrics and everything, but the background on that song is it's based on a it's based on a book written in seventy one or seventy four called uh, Go Ask Alice, and. Mm. Uh, it's typically a teen read and I read it when I was a teenager and it's really heavy. It's written in a diary form and it's about like her going on to drug addiction and all this mm. stuff. So it's, you know, it, the, the song really fits the mood of the book as well. Yeah. And, mm. and the accompaniment of that in what was a stunning trailer, I think was perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've been having a hard time, uh, accepting that we are in fact getting a new matrix movie like i know we've been we i know we've been talking about the film and we we like you know last podcast or two podcasts ago we even read the like like scene by scene trailer description which was 100 percent accurate by the way but and i and, and i've seen some behind the scene photos but like for me in my own brain like my i I re I like I almost was saying to myself like I refuse to believe that this is in fact going to be real until I see the trailer. I want to see the thing, and it's and it's not because like I didn't I don't like the Matrix. It's because I do love the Matrix. I love it so much. In fact, when I a lot of people don't know this, but when I uh, when I saw that first Matrix movie, I came back that next day wondering if I liked the Matrix more than Star Wars. <laughs> And, and 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 for roughly 24 hours i did claim to enjoy the matrix more than star wars and then the next day i apologized to everyone and i and i declared star wars still my 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 number one but so yeah i will admit the more i'm seeing coming out for mace um the next matrix movie um it's really hard to keep my expectations low because I yeah. keep trying to keep my expectations low after they hurt me so bad with two and three, but I'm yeah. getting really excited. Oh yeah, you know it's very hard to please. 
Now, now check this out, though. There, there was something in the official synopsis that kind of threw me for a little bit of a loop. Like, I'm thinking of this as Matrix 4, but in the synopsis, it very specifically says this is a continuation of the story established in the first Matrix film. Yeah. What is going on? Is this like a mind loop? The like, um, craziness they're doing. Did two or? and three happen within the Matrix? Well, I, yeah. What is going on? They're not uh, the only ones not acknowledging two and three. <laughs> <laughs> well, are they trying to do a retcon? Or are they doing a craziness? Because because we 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 had we had a uh, somebody sent a, one of our fans on our YouTube channel super nerds react make sure to hit subscribe on that too and you can actually see amanda and i watching this trailer and reacting to it live but uh harvey puka he says i think neo is trying to find trinity or he created this world or created this world to live with trinity and he's purposely taking blue pills to stay but he might be getting lost in his own creation and maybe for trinity to exist he needs the Matrix to exist. No Matrix, no Trinity, because clearly in this world, he's reliving the original Matrix. Now, Harvey, great comment. Something that lends to that is in the trailer, if you watch, there's a, there's a scene in which you can see Matrix code running down Trinity's cheek. You can see that very clearly. So, so it's been a while since I've seen matrix two and three but does does trinity die at the third one yeah so she dies that mean yeah so so maybe maybe he does indeed have to cre- recreate the matrix to bring trinity back Ooh man that sounds epic i'm that excited epic. i am indeed all right, moving on. Check this out. Marvel Studios has announced a bunch of new release dates for some upcoming untitled MCU films in 2023 and 2024. Mm. So Marvel Studios has scheduled all of its film dates through 2024, and that includes a record of five films coming out in 2023. That's the most that's ever come out from Marvel in one year. Five films. And that includes Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. The other uh, three films haven't been announced yet. And those uh, films could include maybe Blade, Deadpool 3, Fantastic Four, any number of films that have yet to be announced. But X-Men? He, maybe? But, but, but <laughs> he, here is the full slate. So you can wrap your head around the upcoming release. So we've got a, Eternals coming out in November 5th. Spider-Man uh, No Way Home, December 17th. Then we jump into 2022, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th, Thor, Love and Thunder, May 6th, Wakanda Forever, July 8th, The Marvels, uh, November 11th. Then we go into 2023. Here's where we start getting into the five. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, that's in February 17th, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, and then check this out. A, a whole bunch of untitled films coming out in July 28th, October 6th, November 10th, and then we go into 2024, February, May, July, and November, all untitled films. So what are these untitled films going to be? I'm wondering if they don't want to announce. Obviously, they've got something planned if they're if they're going to be you know already locking in some dates, but they've got to have some plan that maybe they don't want to reveal to us yet. I don't know. What, what do you guys make of this? 
Well, I think one of the important things to keep in mind is, yes, this is a lot, and they're putting out more per year uh, than ever before. But this is in addition to all of the quality Disney Plus content. I know. So it's 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 year-round Marvel now. I mean, there's, there's never, basically ne- never an extended time without something Marvel-related. Um, you know, all these films that have names, um, I, I don't remember hearing about Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, but the others we knew about, the uh, the untitled stuff, I, I, it's really anybody's guess. I mean, because there's so many places to go right now. We don't know what's going to happen with the multiverse. That can open up everything, right? Yeah. And I know we keep going back to that multiverse. It seems like whatever extended universe we're talking about, whether it's Star Trek or DC or Marvel. But um, I, I think that that's going to open up. So we can't really say. I would love to see another Hulk film. We talked about that. Yeah. I would. I would really like to see another Deadpool or well, you know start. Let's, let, let let's me bring ask in this. the mutants. Do you we? Know? Yeah. Do we legitimately think one of those untitled films is an X Men film? Are we? Are we legitimately getting X Men in there? So we've been promised that X Men is going to be after the current phase. And that they're not planning on bringing mutants well, in before then. I don't Things think change. we'll see an X-Men as that. I think when we see an X-Men, it's they are going to capitalize on that. And I think we're going to have a lot of other individual X-Men slash women in the universe before an X-Men movie. So I will admit. As I like really, cameos? I, I'm really wanting to see Rogue take down Carol Danvers. Like. <laughs> That is something I am like waiting for. And I would love to see Rogue come in as like this completely unknown character and just kind of be friends Carol Danvers before she takes her down. And I'm just like, oh. Oh, A whole lot of fun. Absolutely. But I will admit, Austin, um, should we invest in Disney stocks so we can be on that investors meeting (laughs) for all the announcements coming up in December? All right, moving on. The first trailer for Hawkeye has been released. Disney Plus has released the first trailer for the upcoming Marvel Hawkeye series, which brings back Jeremy Renner back in action as Clint Barton, a.k.a. Hawkeye. And he is joined by Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Fans obviously have been eagerly waiting for this show, and uh, we got our first look at it, and apparently it's a story set during Christmas, of all things. The synopsis is... Former Avenger Clint Barton has a seemingly simple mission. Get back to his family for Christmas. Possible? Maybe with the help of Kate Bishop, a 22-year-old archer with dreams of becoming a superhero. The two are forced to work together when a presence from Barton's past threatens to derail far more than the festive spirit. When talking about Kate Bishop in a previous interview, Renner shared some details on the story saying, quote, Kate is a 22-year-old kid and she's a big Hawkeye fan. She has a wonderful, annoying, and equally charming manner about her because she's such a fangirl of Hawkeye. The relationship grows from that, but the biggest problem for Clint is Kate Bishop and the onslaught of problems she brings into his life. (laughs) Hawkeye comes on Disney Plus starting November 24th. Let's take a listen to that trailer and talk about it afterwards. This is the first Christmas we've had together in years. I love you guys. I'm making up for some lost time. 
Authorities are wondering if the masked vigilante who terrorized the city's underworld is back. The past is caught up with me. Should we be worried? No, no, it's nothing. I'll be home for Christmas. I promise. It's the When I wore this suit, I made a whole lot of enemies. You're a Hawkeye! Who the hell are you? Some people have actually called me the world's greatest archer. Are you one of those people? It's the most wonderful. Hey, babe, I should be back in a day or two. Hang on a second. With the kids Things have gotten more complicated. think of that hawkeye and christmas you know i i was thinking for sure that they were going to capitalize on the uh the daughter thing from uh from in or endgame you know which one i was talking about Me yeah too. but you know it's nice to see them actually bring kate bishop in that'll be pretty cool yeah but a christmas story i mean it's well, Hawkeye's yeah. trying to get home for Christmas. I mean, haven't we seen that like a million times over? But now but we're going to get the Marvel seen version. Archers trying to get home for Christmas with exploding arrows. Yeah, but I mean, it's a little on the weird side. It's fine. It'll be it's fun. Like die Hard with arrows. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Die Hard. <laughs> I mean, nobody can guy named Ron's Uber. So, so. Will the Hawkeye TV series become a Christmas classic? You watch, you watch Die Hard, you watch Home Alone, you watch, you know, The Christmas Carol, and then you watch Hawkeye. Yes. Oh, quite interesting. I don't know what what, what, what the rest of you think of the Hawkeye trailer. I'm like, I'll watch it. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Like, it, mostly because you know, I'm like, I, I do like Hawkeye. Like, it was. Oh, like I got into archery because of a friend of mine. So like I've really enjoyed watching him and like the first yeah. Marvel movie he had like a compound bow and then he went back to recurve and he's been sticking with recurve and I'm just like I like that. Gotcha. So yeah. I really enjoy archery even though I never do it. So I'm excited to see it. I I, I love the idea of it's kind of like Ahsoka young and scrappy and doesn't know what she's doing. And I hope that they can turn Kate Bishop into oh, a good character word. out of this. Yeah, Haley Steinfeld is a really good actress. Like, when as I long, saw that was her, I was like, yes, she's way good. As long as she doesn't start calling them Eye Guy or something, you know, instead of Sky Guy, Ahsoka style. You know, I got to admit, even though I was kind of ragging on the Christmas theme a little bit, I, I, I'm just a little confused by that. That's, that is all. But overall, actually, I think the trailer uh, was higher than, than I was expecting, better than I was expecting. 
so look pretty good. Yeah, it does. Looks like it's going to be pretty good. I'm not anticipating this to have the uh, heavy tones and uh, universal implications that perhaps Loki will. Yeah. Uh, but it looks fun. I mean, I like Hawkeye. Looks like a good time. I wonder if we'll see uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think this is going to tie more into that side of the universe than it is into the multiverse side. All I know is that the musical about um, Captain Rogers looks fabulous. Right? I saw in the background, I was like, please give us a little snippet of that. I need to see something like that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, uh, moving on. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) I'm just going to ask this one. I'm human. Did we go over the Star Trek season two trailer last podcast episode? I think we did, didn't we? We did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we will skip that and jump straight to the Star Wars Halloween trailer for this <laughs> for the Star Wars Halloween special. That's right. Disney Plus has released the first trailer for the upcoming Star Wars Halloween special titled. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales in the story Poe Dameron crash lands on Mustafar and ends up taking a tour of Darth Vader's castle, which is being turned into a Sith-inspired luxury hotel. Darth Vader's servant takes uh, Poe and BB-8 on the tour and shares some stories with them. These stories include The Lost Boys, which is the story of how a young Ben Solo first meets Ren. Then there's the Dueling Monstrosities, which imagines how Darth Maul and General Grievous were born. Finally, there's the Wookiee's Paw, which shows what could have happened had Luke Skywalker's greatest wish been granted. The tagline is, every story has a dark side. Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales debuts on Disney Plus on October 1st. Let's take a listen to the trailer and talk about it after. Got a bad feeling about this. What is this place? Castle Vader, the galaxy's first all-inclusive luxury theme resort. Feel the power of the dark side at the Empire Emporium. Now open. Now open. Now open. walls lies tales almost too terrifying to tell. Would you like to hear them? <laughs> Was that lightning inside? Oh, that's a big one! <laughs> the legendary tales of the Sith speak of the thirst for power. So no. Join us then and take what you want. Will you please? <laughs> Devotion of the Undead. Rise! Rise! Uh-oh. And submit it for your approval. A tale of desire. I wish I was a pilot. Join the Imperial Academy. I will train you. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Is that really what happened? No, it's not. <laughs> Be afraid! Be very afraid! So, what do you think? (laughs) A little on the nose is what I think. Everyone gets scared, kid. (laughs) Without fear, you can't have courage. (laughs) 
So I have to say, I love the Lego Star Wars <laughs> um, and, and what they're doing with it. Um, I really didn't like how they handled a lot of the characters in the sequel trilogy. And so I love giving them stories in Lego form that makes <laughs> me go, you know, this character could have been so much more because it's so much fun to watch them in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> so I, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how they... How the Star Wars universe has a look at horror. Yeah. <laughs> and what they find scary. Especially in form. I like the, the Wookiee's paw name because that looks like it's going to just the sound of it could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, when yes. I heard Wookiee's paw, I immediately felt like Wonder Woman 1984 with the whole monkey paw thing. And I'm like, hmm, the Lego version of that. <laughs> Well, I kind of thought of a lucky rabbit's foot, and here it is a Wookiee's paw instead. <laughs> yes, can I have a lucky, a lucky yeah, Wookiee's paw on his uh, on his keychain or something? <laughs> have it uh, hanging from your rearview mirror in your starship. Whoever, whoever that would be a said really big thing. <laughs> whoever thought having a uh, like decapitated rabbit's foot would be lucky that doesn't even make sense to me now that i think about it you mean amputated amputated yes <laughs> one way yeah just just plain weird though i don't know well the rabbit who you got it from certainly wasn't lucky yeah yeah, yeah. anyways look it looks fun i'm looking forward to watching it moving on check this out a 31 disc middle earth ultimate collector's edition is coming out to celebrate the 20th anniversary of lord of the rings fellowship of the rings that's right december 19th 2021 is when lord of the rings fellowship of the rings came out and to celebrate its 20th anniversary this year a 31 disc set of peter jackson's middle earth ultimate collector's edition will be available on october 26th on 4K, Ultra HD, and Blu-ray. This collector's edition will have everything a fan could possibly want. You'll get the theatrical. You'll get the extended versions of all three of the Lord of the Rings movies, as well as all three of the Hobbit movies. It will come in a puzzle box, collectible packaging, and include a 64-page booklet featuring costumes, photography, production notes from the film, art cards featuring travel posters, and images from iconic locations, throughout Middle Earth, including the Shire, Lake Town, uh, and a whole lot more. But here's a list of some of the special features. You're going to get the Cannes Film Festival presentation reel, the Alamo Drafthouse cast reunion. You'll get uh, the Two Towers, uh, RT, whatever that is, uh, and, and a whole lot more. But if you want to buy this thing, it's going to cost you uh, $239.99 uh, and you can pre-order it now, but thirty the thirty-one disc. Oh, that's Ultimate crazy! And it has not just the extended versions, but just the theatrical release. I'm like, it's got all of them, yeah. Dang. And I really like Lord of the Rings, but I'm actually like not inclined at all. Truth be told, I'm like thirty. <laughs> oh my discs, gosh, that's so much. I know, and I'm not one to watch special features. Like I've never been that kind of person to just sit down and watch special features. And like that's all that's going to 
be like the bulk of that is going to be all the special features which like if you're the person that likes that stuff like more power to you but yeah i'm just like i i have the extended versions and i'm like yeah that's good <laughs> that's all i need i watch put stuff on disc anymore <laughs> well, i was thinking the same thing i don't even think i have a device that'll read up well i guess the playstation will read a blu-ray uh yeah yeah. So I was just going to say, I watch all my special features through Austin, who tells me about them after he watches <laughs> the special features. Well, you know, when people say, I'm going to have a Lord of the Rings marathon, and they try to act all like pompous and super nerdy-esque when they say, I'm, I'm going to uh, binge all of the theatrical editions, you just say, huh. Well, I'm not impressed until you binge all 31 discs of the Ultimate Collector's Edition. I'll see you in a month. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy stuff. All right, moving on. Check this out. A little bit of science news. Uh, Apparently, the next solar superstorm could unleash a global internet apocalypse. No! Lasting months. So new scientific research was presented at the uh, SIGCOM 2021 Data Communication Conference saying we're clo- we're coming due for our next big solar superstorm and it could be closer than we think. So what is a solar storm? What is a solar storm? Well, the sun is always showering Earth with a mist of magnetic particles known as a solar wind. But sometimes... Every century or so, that wind escalates into a full-blown solar storm, and the results of such extreme space weather could be a catastrophe to our modern-day way of life. In short, uh, a severe solar storm could plunge the world into an internet apocalypse that keeps large swaths of society offline for weeks or months at a time. Uh, Shangitha Abdul Jayathi, I believe how you pronounce that name. Probably not since I'm the one pronouncing it. But anyways, uh, an assistant professor at the University of California said at the conference, what really got me thinking about this is that with the pandemic, we saw how unprepared the world was. There was no protocol to deal with it uh, effectively. And it's the same with internet resiliency. Our infrastructure is not prepared for a large-scale solar event, and that event could be closer than we think, end quote. Uh, Extreme solar storms are relatively rare, but two such storms have been recorded, one in 1859 and another in 1921. The earlier incident is known as the Carrington uh, Carrington event, uh, created such a severe geomagnetic disturbance on Earth that telegraph wires burst into flames and auroras, usually only visible near the planet's poles, were spotted near the equator. Smaller storms can also pack a punch. One in March of 18, I'm sorry, 1989 blacked out the entire Canadian province of Quebec for nine hours. The good news is local and regional internet connections are likely at low risk of being damaged because fiber optic cables themselves aren't affected by geomagnetically induced currents. However, the long undersea internet cables that connect continents are a different story. These these cables are vulnerable to geomagnetic currents and entire undersea cables could be made useless and if uh, enough ca- underwater cables in a particular region go offline, then the entire continent could be cut off from the internet. To give some scope to this, 
the economic impact of an uh, internet disruption for just one day in the United States is estimated to be over $7 billion. So if that was to happen for days or months, it, the, the economic impact would be ginormous. So let's just hope that we're ready to make the most of that if it inevitably arrives. I don't know. What do you guys make of this? And so the the part of me that wants to joke about this uh, is also the part of me that thinks if I do, I might come back in six months and go, oh, man, I really shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, but, but what I really hope is that it knocks out all social media servers so we can – Go back to some sense of normalcy and, and, and candor with one another. The reality is, though, if it happens, you know, I got a couple of 50 pound bags of rice. I got a couple I got a couple of 20 pound bags of beans. I'm good for the supply chain going down for a while, um, but it would most definitely suck. So the thing I'm most concerned about if my Internet goes down for multiple months is I have a very limited supply of DVDs and discs. Oh, that's why we need to get the how many out uh, the 31 disc set is to, oh. to have it ready in case the internet goes down and you can't stream anything. Oh, see, and that's so funny because I like I had someone ask me like why I keep buying DVDs and I was like, I've lived in places where my internet goes out and I like to be able to watch something. So like having the dvd hard copy version and a blu-ray player i'm all set like if my internet goes down i can still watch things so i'm like i feel pretty prepared for this yeah so i need to hit up it doesn't a bunch happen of... when i'm in grad school because i kind of need the internet a lot right now yeah <laughs> kind of well, need that <laughs> i just need to go garage sailing and pick up all the dvds people are getting well I, there you go. yeah i think i think brady kind of hit it on the you know nose like like we just joke about, you know, not being able to watch some movies, but like, I think literally everything uh, that we do is going to be impacted. Like yes. food, food orders won't be coming into grocery stores. You know, no, everybody's going to be lost in their own city because they're not going to have, you know, internet j devices telling them turn by turn directions. Yeah. Well, you know, it's well, that's the, cellular data. Well, that could be affected too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was just thinking about how we've completely changed how uh, so many people order groceries. Amazon yeah. will be down. You can't order what you've been like. Basically, the pandemic has trained us to be more on the internet oh, than ever. Word. Yeah. Could you imagine? And then it goes down. Like that would be catastrophic. Oh my word! I have rice. I have beans, <laughs> and I have ammo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. To defend my rice and beans. Let's ra rally up at Brady's place. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to talk some venom. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh... Shakespeare in the park. And that bell means it is time for our main event! Venom! Rewind! You should be extremely afraid. Hey 
Thank you for bringing us collectively to this moment. It is a moment that so many have dreamed of claiming. History starts today. The guy you work for is an evil person. I don't work for him. My firm works for him. Are you gonna behave yourself tomorrow? I told you I'm gonna do my job. I'm a reporter. I follow people that do not want to be followed. What about the allegations that you recruit the most vulnerable for tests that end up killing people? Your time to go. You finished, Mr. Brock. Is that a threat? You had to learn how to hide in plain sight. I'm pretty good at it. But you, you suck. Whoever you are. I work at the Life Foundation, and I need your help. We found something. We call them symbiotes. Carlton Drake believes that the union between human and symbiote is the key to our evolution. I'm feeling really sick. I'm hearing a voice. Eddie. You're not real. You were just in my head. I'm gonna need Mr. Drake's property back. I don't know. Why would we do that? If you're gonna stay, you will only hurt bad people. The way I see it, we can do whatever we want. Do we have a deal? Are you willing to sacrifice? The one thing you hold most dear. You should be extremely afraid. What the hell are you? We are Venom. Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you have not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP. Anyways, all right. Venom. I am so excited for Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I remember when uh, this first film came out, like it was kind of getting uh, a little bit of mixed reviews. Uh, but I have to admit, like this, this last, this most recent time watching it in preparation for the podcast, I, I think I enjoyed it the most I've ever enjoyed it. I think, you know, my expectations maybe have been in a different direction the first time I watched it, but like for what this movie is, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I watched it for the first time a few weeks ago and, you know, I'd heard kind of neither here nor there on it. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, I was like when I went and when I saw in the theaters, I I was going in wanting a Venom movie, and like I, it was one of those things. I actually had high expectations, which oh, I normally okay. try not to do. But I was like, Venom's my favorite Spider-Man villain, and mm. I was like, and Tom Hardy. And Venom, you know, I was like, hey, this has got like this has to be good. So my expectations were high going in. I was not disappointed. Like I walked away thoroughly enjoying it. Like I really nice. liked it from beginning to end. 
Yeah, Amanda just watched it for the first time. I too. also really, really enjoyed it um, as we watched it. Um, I just keep thinking about the trailer, and I'm just distracted about this until I talk about it. Um, she very distinctly calls Venom a symbiote. And I'm like, what? Isn't it symbiote? It but depends. Potatoes, it, potatoes. It, <laughs> who says potato? Yeah, <laughs> I want to know who does. I think it say depends that. on the scientist you're talking to, too, because I've heard it pronounced symbiote, symbiote, symbiote. Yeah, I prefer. I lean towards symbiote, but I've heard. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on who you're talking to. And they pronounce it differently. What, it was just bugging. What me. did you guys? Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. So up, if we have, we have to re- hit the rewind button a little bit. We have to remember the mindset of every super nerd going into this into the theater. Up to this point, the only depiction of Venom that we had on the big screen was the (laughs) Spider-Man 3 3 depiction, which, like, just left everybody wanting more and, you know, angry that we didn't get it. And they totally fulfill that in this movie. Like, I mean, Tom Hardy, yeah, he's in it. But when Venom's there, he's in full Venom mode. None of this like, hey, look at me. I got like Venom teeth, but I'm, you know, also a human. Oh, yeah, I'm also Topher Grace. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm, <laughs> Ven- Venom is not Topher Grace. Uh, Tom Hardy was Venom. So. so one thing that I really, really liked was the attention to detail that Tom Hardy had for being Eddie Brock. And you even hear it in the the trailer that we just listened to. So he's moved to California from New York. And so he's lost a lot of his New York accent, but every now and then Tom Hardy puts in a kind of weak New York accent into how he does. He plays Eddie Brock. Mm. And I really, really liked that attention to detail. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he did the voice for both Venom and uh, Eddie Brock. I didn't know that. Yep, he did. He, he did must have, like heavily vocal. synthesized his voice then. Yeah, he probably dre- well. And I watched some behind the scenes stuff. Um, it's been a little bit though, so I, f- I feel a little silly talking about it because I maybe I mean maybe misremembering. But um, they were talking. The production staff was talking about how it was great to see uh, him performing both roles because he would have to do, and just the shift because I mean, let's face it, Tom Hardy, everything he does is a masterclass in acting. And they were talking about um, just seeing him uh, slip into both roles on set was, was just amazing. Now. Okay. Well, Tom Hardy was great. Sure. But was he, was he your first choice for Venom? I have to admit, like, I don't think he was my first choice for Venom. Yeah, no, uh, I, I was, like, surprised when I heard yes. they had played, they cast Tom Hardy, but it was, like, it was, and so, like, you know, I was, like, hey, I see, like, Tom Hardy, you know, he was in Inception, and that's what I knew him best mm-hmm. from, and, like, Christopher Nolan's films, and I was, like, okay, well, he's a really good actor. I'm, like, so part of me, like, I was excited to see Venom, like, have a movie about Venom, but I was, like, also wanting to see how Tom Hardy was going to play him, because I was, yeah. like, I mean, but but at the same time, like, I was only going off of, like, what I had seen him in, like, Inception. And that mm-hmm. was kind of, like, the only films I was most familiar, like, the only one I was familiar with. So, to me, Tom Hardy was still, like, a new actor to me. So, I was still figuring, like, getting to know what kind of actor he is. So, mm. I just felt like, yeah. you know, so. It just added to my high expectations because I was like, oh, yeah, he, he was really good at Inception. I wonder how he's going to do this, you know. 
Yeah, I, and I'm not I'm not saying I'm like mad that he was cast or disappointed. It it caught me by surprise. Like if I was to think who would be playing Venom, I don't think Tom Hardy would have been my first choice that popped up in my head whatever. So, he he was actually really because of some of the reviews. I think he actually went into a bit of a depression really? after Venom came out. Yeah, because he put so much work into it and so many people bagged on it and he he really invests in his in his work as most actors do but it, it really affected him um oh wait you know what i am misremembering that i'm thinking about when he played bane a lot of people didn't like when he played bane oh, so i, I, oh, I, I did portrayal of bane i thought his portrayal of bane was great too and if i mean and if you've ever seen peaky blinders his his portrayal in there of, of the jewish guy uh, they call him the jew so um but he uh yeah and they're all completely different you know, roles for him. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I was misremembering about that. That was that was actually Bane. Well, talking and he about was there, in but, Mad yeah. Max Fury Road too, right? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, that was the other sure one I was coming, going in, like thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was in that. Yeah, you, you know, the the one thing that I've kind of left. Um, uh, worried a, a tad worried is is you know venom is like uh i mean he's somebody to be i mean he's he's scary and i don't want to turn him into a, a hero yeah <laughs> well he's an anti-hero in fact in the comics he's more often portrayed as uh an antagonist rather than a protagonist yeah Usually yeah but most other symbiotes but he's not—he's not an anti-hero in this film. I mean, he is the hero. He's like a straight-up hero saving the world. And then when uh, when Venom Let There Be Carnage comes out, he too will probably be the hero. So and then, but 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 when they most definitely will—I mean, let's be honest—when they most definitely bring over Tom Hardy's, oh, I'm sorry, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, we're gonna have like from the cinematic point of view, two heroes going at it. And I don't think that's how it should happen. I, I mean, I, I want Venom to be a straight-up scary, evil villain for Spider-Man, not not like two heroes on the screen. I don't so, know, I'm worried the, about it. The whole thing is, is the, the story behind that is they are enemies at first, and while they never really get along, they kind of learn to tolerate each other, as Venom is an anti-hero, and he does help Spider-Man in the comics occasionally. Mm-hmm. I knew it's only in about... the early... Go ahead. Go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. It's only in the early comics that he's really at odds with Spider-Man. Um, he rarely, rarely teams up with Carnage. And then you have all the other symbiotes, including Toxin, who's my personal favorite. Uh, it's, it's an entire uh, pocket universe within the spider-man universe i i you know more about it than i do bob apparently but but from a cinematic point of view i want scary evil venom hunting spider-man i mean i've got i've got visions going through my head dancing of how Mm -hmm. awesome that could be you see the only way that that i can see that actually happening is um if the Venom suit somehow ends up on Tom Holland's Spider-Man and then uh, Tom Hardy gets it back. Well, that could happen. I mean, in that 
uh, No Way Home trailer, Spider-Man's wearing a black suit in that one. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, that Venom doesn't have any reason to hate Spider-Man right now. There's no real impetus for that. Uh, the impetus for him hating Spider-Man in the comic books was started off with the fact that uh, Peter Parker rejected the black suit. He rejected Venom and Venom's like, uh, no, I don't like this. And ever since then, I mean, he's had some kind of animosity towards him. But, you know, I I just don't see them having a reason to fight each other. Unless it's some kind of a disagreement. And that's going to be a major stumbling block that Sony's going to have to overcome because yeah. of the way that they started Venom separately. However, because they started Venom separately, I think that Venom and uh, uh, that Venom has more of an opportunity to grow as a character rather than just be a MacGuffin to develop Peter Parker. I completely agree with that. Yeah, it's going to be Marvel's uh, Batman versus Superman when that finally hits the uh, big screen. Mm -hmm. Bobby or uh, Brady, looks like you want to say something. Yeah, so you guys have much more canonical knowledge of of Venom than I do. The extent of my knowledge was I don't was the pictures. I I don't remember ever (laughs) reading any Venom comic books um, when I was younger, Um, but. I think my favorite thing, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, and but my favorite thing about Venom as a character was that he kind of was portrayed as like the screw up of wherever he came from. Yeah, you know? I'm the loser <laughs> in my was, world. I thought that was great. <laughs> I had no, yeah, I had no idea that was. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. So, what you what you think of the uh, the evil CEO villain dude? Like, I thought I thought it was a little on the cheap side. I'll be honest with you. Like, I thought they could have maybe uh, fleshed out a better villain. But if they had done that, then like, because I feel like, yeah, I remember the villain. I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, you're just there to kind of help with. Um, Eddie Brock and Venom's relationship kind of thing and like establish that and like kind of set that in place but I feel like he, it was this this villain Drake he is like the stepping block for Carnage like yeah. Carnage is going to be the big baddie and I, I kind of like if anything it's in a way it, it helps me have be more hopeful towards the sequel because most sequels aren't very good right but the yeah. fact that they uh, like in a way, instead of like opting for the best villain for the first film, that's like they saved him for the second film. Yes, I'm like I feel like that was a good call because I do too. This villain in Venom, he was just kind of like okay, he was meh, he was okay. But if they had swapped those villains, then I wouldn't be as excited for the second Venom movie as I am now. I agree completely. Um, I think having an unknown throwaway villain in the first movie did more for him than if he would have, we would have put the focus on carnage because carnage is a Cletus Cassidy is a show showstopper. Yeah. Yes. I mean, no matter the visuals, the fact that they're actually even just looking at the trailer for the next movie, the visuals are absolutely astounding. They 
got Carnage right. Yeah. Just from the very small parts that we've seen. <laughs> and, yeah. and honestly, can we, can I get an opinion on the actor? They could not have picked somebody better than Mickey Rourke to play that no. character. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. It's Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. You're right. Yeah. Woody Harrelson. Sorry. <laughs> Why did Woody I say Mickey Harrelson. Rourke? <laughs> you're thinking, yeah. you're thinking uh, Iron so Man too. Good. Yes, I am. Oh, so good. Woody Harrelson, just from the yep. trailer, it looks so amazing. Oh, yeah. so psychotic. I, I loved him at the end of Venom too. Yeah. They they should have kept his long crazy hair that they What's had that? at the uh, at the end the, of the, the curly uh, red hair. Yeah. His uh, Ronald McDonald hair, you mean? Yeah, they should have kept that. Like it's Ronald McDonald because he looks way crazier with <laughs> yeah. that hair. Was that cut scene at the end of the original uh, release? Yes. Yes, it was. Yes. Really? Cause, cause yeah, I remember that. So they've had, a they've had this plan now. insight on when Jekka goes to movie theaters. As soon as the credits start rolling, <laughs> I whip out my phone and look up if there's an end credit scene. And if as there is, should. then I, I tell my family and, or my group that I'm with. If not, I'm out of there. <laughs> that That's how you do it. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, yeah. I, I looked up, saw there was an end credit scene. I was like, okay, and, and it, you know, most of the end credit scenes I feel like are sometimes kind of like, you know, little like throwaway things. But when I saw that end credit scene, I was like, oh boy, this is good. Like that was a good end credit scene. So I have to say, what I loved about how they did the villain with the first Venom and leading up to Venom Two, is they picked a villain that would be easy for Venom to take. Or easy, well, not so much easy, but it's not to the same level as Carnage. And it's a buildup. It's no, I'm fine with that. But but I find that villain so annoying. Well, what I loved about it is he was a (laughs) villain first for Eddie Brock. It's not like he was a villain only for Venom. It's that he was a villain for Eddie Brock. Why, but but I've how many films have I seen? Uh, oh, the CEO, uh, the business owner is is the villain because all he cares about is his bottom line, and you know it is a trope. Yes, I am kind of a trope of that. But tropes aren't necessarily bad things. The fact is that we're looking to develop. Like I keep saying, we're we were looking to develop Eddie Brock. We were not looking to develop the villain. We needed somebody to throw in there something that we were all familiar with. We needed a um, an Obadiah Stane, if you will. We needed somebody like that to just drop in place. Well, we're familiar fine. with his motivations. Uh, he's a bad guy. We really don't have to think that far be- beyond that. We wanted to see t- uh, Eddie Brock and Venom really really become the anti-hero that they are yeah so but it it really put him in a position where this next movie is going to really shine without that for without having that throwaway villain this next villain is going to shine great and if they kill carnage i am gonna be so mad what i loved with the ceo bit of the villain is that Eddie Brock as an investigative reporter, it made a bigger impact and it damaged his career more than 
really anybody else could have damaged a reporter's career. Yep. And so that's really what this villain was about, was destroying Eddie Brock and taking him down to the lowest possible level, mm-hmm. which is what Spider-Man, which is what Peter Parker did originally in the story with Venom or, or with Eddie yep. Brock. And that's is Peter Parker destroys his career. Absolutely. And so we needed somebody to destroy his career. And what better than a CEO who also is going to want Venom? conveniently has his own symbiote. Yeah. Well, technically, okay, so if we look at it that way, so um, that Drake, one was cooler, by Drake the way. had Venom, and in the original storyline with Venom, Peter Parker had Venom when he destroys Eddie Brock's career. The, uh, that other Venom-like symbiote was cooler. And I remember, <laughs> I remember there's a scene in the trailer that shows that symbiote basically uh, turning his arms into like giant uh, knives. knives and just wiping out an entire floor at once. And I remember seeing that in the trailer and I'm going, oh, you know, I'm like nerding out hardcore over that. Only to find out that that wasn't Venom. That was the main villain dude. And so I remember there's a, a line in the movie where, where Venom basically says that he, he can't make weapons. All these other guys can make weapons. And is is that accurate in the comics? Do you know? Or is he doesn't a- really make weapons in the comics. He do, he makes uh he he will put out like tentacles and everything yeah. and he'll like uh do his own type of uh webbing. Um but he's more or less just a big hulk. Or not hulk, but he's a hulking uh beast. He's a, he's a force of nature. Hulk? Spider Hulk. <laughs> I like it. Uh, spider Hulk. Spider Hulk. We uh as 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 long as we get like super scary venom, I'm fine. Um uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. The the it was it was kinda interesting watching that other symbiote just just beat the crap out of uh, Venom and uh you know throw him to the wayside basically. With without without a without a lot of uh, effort either, the other the other one just killed him, basically. So, I don't know. Did you guys have a favorite scene from the movie? One that stood out to you? Ooh, um, my favorite. <laughs> it's when um, the baddies first bart bust into uh, Eddie Brock's apartment <laughs> and. Eddie and Venom are arguing and Venom wants to kill him and Eddie's like trying to stop him. And so it's like this comical, like they're fighting, but Eddie's trying to like pull the punches kind of thing. Like (laughs) I like, not only is that like amazing acting, but just like their argument while they're fighting. It's just like so (laughs) sweet. and I love it. (laughs) I concur. I think, I think that one was just masterful. And you know, there are a lot of, places throughout that movie especially toward the end where they're having that dialogue back and forth um that that are really great and i think one of the things that venom did that i really liked venom as a movie um some people complain about the humor but i thought i didn't think any of the humor in venom was forced or over the top yeah i thought it was was good yeah i thought it was well placed it was organic and it flowed well. Um, it didn't seem gimmicky at all. And uh, 
yeah so you know that whole vibe and i hope they're able to carry that over um is uh was something i really admired about the movie yeah that was that was a highlight for sure for sure i love the relationship throughout the movie and how he has this fiance and then they break up she gets with someone else and all of a sudden venom comes in and she becomes a part of his life again and i love how venom decides that yes she is the one for him and eddie brock (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so i got i got a little thing here for let there be carnage uh so what what can we expect from the symbiotes uh, and Eddie and uh, Venom's relationship? Well, according to the film screenwriter, uh, because Eddie Brock has been hosting Venom and they've been sharing the same body for quite some time, the movie will dive into whether they'll be able to continue in their co- cohabitation or if they'll be made to part ways. Quote, Eddie and Venom have been living together, sharing one body for a while now. They know each other inside and out, literally, and like any other... Uh, close quarter living situation. Their ticks and uh, foglies are starting to wear a, th- a little thin on each other. They have been forced through. They've been forced together through circumstance. And this movie asks the question of whether there is a will to save the relationship or go their separate ways. Are they just cohorts through happenstance, or do they actually belong together? And then Andy Circus said, "Quote: Eddie is rather arrogant." thinking life owes him a favor. Venom is the complete opposite, unfiltered and speaking his mind totally, and they're trapped together. After meeting in the first movie, they're now, they've now got the seven-year itch. They've had enough of each other and can't wait to be apart. Ah, interesting. Okay. So they're trying to say that this movie uh, takes place dramatically after the first Venom? It's going to be a few years. Well, it doesn't... I mean, we know that, uh, you know, uh, he got a haircut at least, so. Yeah, that, uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, I will just say that, just imagine, because, Jekka, it's not going to be too hard for you to imagine, but having a roommate that shares your body. Oh. And that is what we are looking at with Venom. Especially a roommate that doesn't understand any social norms. Yes. Yeah, like like, like one that who's like doesn't even understand like ethics. <laughs> yeah, and let's just you look at the breakfast from um, the trailer, mm-hmm. and that's what he makes for. And, yeah. and this is a roommate that makes you meals. <laughs> Some sort of twisted odd couple scenario. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Any other any other things from Venom we want to talk about? I mean, I love the movie. I, I I'm I'm glad I watched it again recently. But anything else no, we need to cover? I would recommend people go rewatch it. I mean, before I would, yeah. before it comes before it comes the the sequel comes out, it's definitely worth the rewatch. It, you know, I I watched it with fresh eyes, and I loved it. I think that um, if maybe you watched it and had a preconceived notion in your um, experience was a little bit less than satisfactory. You've had some uh, separation. You should go back and watch yeah. it again. It's definitely worth it. Yeah, it was definitely better having some separation from the first time I watched it. It was good. Well, was good. I will just agree that you should rewatch it because I just thought it was fabulous. It was <laughs> yes, good. same here. Indeed. All right, folks, thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on 
YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Casts, or wherever else you find us. Next week, we are going to be talking Marvel What If. That's right, the Disney Plus series that asks the question, What If? So make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You just might be featured on the upcoming show. You can also email us any thoughts you have to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Supernerd Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. But from all of us at Supernerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. See you later. Business. Bye.